5: Today is Friday, April 24th, 2020. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, North Carolina Congressman Alma Adams will join us to talk about the congressional response to the coronavirus. Also, Dr. Ebony Hilton. Oh, my God, y'all. Y'all can't... She is, like, chomping at the bit after yesterday's disastrous, stupid, idiotic news conference of Donald Trump shooting disinfectant in humans? The sun? The light? What, what the hell? Oh, we are gonna break it all down. Also, black women are disproportionately impacted by COVID-19. A recent poll shows that no matter what Trump says, people are not going outside. I tried, we tried to tell you. Okay. we tried to tell you. Also, more than 200 women, black women, say, Joe Biden, you better pick a sister to be your VP running mate. Also on the show, the Supreme Court sends a brother back to Jamaica for a crime he committed a long time ago. Really? Ellie Misdell is going to be joining us from the nation. Folks, unbelievable show. Woo! I'm ready to bring the funk. I'm rolling my filter. Let's go. He's
4: got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's.
5: stunning we have crossed the 50,000 death barrier in the United States when it comes to coronavirus folks more than 800,000 people eight actually 900,000 901,216 confirmed coronavirus cases in the United States 51,139 people have died from coronavirus I remember when Donald Trump told us We had 15 cases, and it will be soon down to zero. 51,000 people are dead. In his daily briefing, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo continues to give us the latest on COVID-19. Of course, they're decreasing in uh, New York. Hospitalizations are down,
6: but there are still issues. Total hospitalizations down. Good news. 14,200 all the evidence suggests we're on the downside of the curve we're headed down net change in hospitalizations is down net change in intubations is down again and they have been down for a while this is still not great news number of new people coming into the hospital number of new infections is slightly down, but that's basically a flat line, and that is troubling. About 1,200 new, 1,300 new infections every day. Number of lives lost is still heartbreaking news, 422. Uh, Again, this is at an unimaginable level, and it's dropping somewhat, but it's still uh, devastating news.
5: All right, folks, today in Congress, Workforce Protection Subcommittee Chairwoman Alma Adams, uh, she and Education and Labor Committee Chairman Bobby Scott, along with Congresswoman Don Shalala of Miami introduced a bill that will protect U.S. workers from COVID-19. According to the CDC, more than 16,000 healthcare workers have been infected with COVID-19. In response to the reports of unsafe work conditions, the COVID-19 Every Worker Protection Act will require Occupational Safety and Health Administration to issue an emergency temporary standard that will establish a legal obligation for all workplaces to implement infectious disease exposure control plans. Joining us right now is Congresswoman Alma Adams of North Carolina. Congresswoman Adams, glad to have you back on Roland Martin Unfiltered.
7: Thank you, Roland. It's good to be with you.
5: This very issue is what scares so many different people, and that is, with these states moving to reopen, businesses are going to open, people are saying, will I be safe going back into the workplace? And unfortunately, um, it's the rules are sort of all over the place. It's really left up to businesses to what they should do.
7: Well, you're absolutely right, uh, Roland, but even now with the essential uh, mm-hmm. workers, as we call them, who are going out and making... Uh, helping uh, folks uh, uh, like me and others who are working from home, uh, who have been asked to stay in, they're going out and they're risking their lives and uh, they're not protected. Uh, mm-hmm. The law that requires um, employers to, pr- to protect their employees. So yes, with more people now, uh, with uh, more states talking about reopening, then that creates uh, an even greater problem. Uh, I just believe if if uh, we're talking about people who are essential workers, uh, we need to make sure that they have the essential protection, and that's really uh, what this bill does. Because there's nothing currently in the law that would cover something like uh, viruses and uh, airborne uh, kinds of um, uh, diseases. So uh, we've got so that's why we're asking uh, that there be this uh, this temporary. Um, uh, this uh, temporary standard, emergency temporary standard put in place, and that we would require that. You know, right now there, you know, maybe you can, maybe you can't, uh, but we have to have something that's enforceable uh, to make sure that workers are protected and, and those of us who are going out who may not be working are protected as well.
5: And so what would it actually cover? What will this dictate in terms of you know these standards? what do they look like?
7: Well, basically, this particular standard, because of the uh, COVID-19 and uh, this virus that's circulating across the country, uh, and there's no protection. I mean we've got protections for uh, things like domestic violence, which yeah. certainly is something that I support. Uh, but um, uh, there's not much else that's protected that would cover something as um, as significant and critical uh, as this uh, this COVID-19. So it, it will. It, and as a matter of fact, whatever comes up uh, that creates this kind of crisis, this temporary standard could be put in place uh, to cover uh, that particular situation.
5: Um, What about co-sponsors? Obviously, these are three Democrats, Republicans on board for this. Well,
7: right now uh, we have a number of co-sponsors and all of our co-sponsors are Democrats. But I've got to tell you, this virus uh, has no party connection. Um, It it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican, you can get it uh, and it can kill you um so and and the the uh, republicans who sit on the other side of the aisle need to understand that uh their uh, constituents are at risk as well they have uh, health professionals who are out here working working in our hospitals working in our nurse, nursing homes doing all all these essential jobs and yet they are not covered so we're hoping they will uh come around i mean i'm hoping that uh, many of their constituents will Uh, give them a call, tap them on the shoulder, tweet, text, whatever it is you do uh, to reach out to them. Because as I said, uh, this is not a partisan issue. It is a life or death issue.
5: All right, Congresswoman Alma Adams of North Carolina. We surely appreciate it. Thank you so very much.
7: And thank you, Roland. Keep up your good work.
5: Will do. Thank you so very much. All right, folks. Today's White House Coronavirus News Conference lasted just 21 minutes, the shortest any of the latest news conferences. Donald Trump didn't take any questions from reporters. I wonder why. Could it be? Because he made himself look like a total clueless ass yesterday. Well, watch this.
8: Right, and then I see the disinfectant, where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of the lungs. So it would be interesting to check that. So that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds, it sounds interesting to me. So we'll see. But the whole concept of the light, the way it kills it in one minute, that's, uh, that's pretty powerful.
5: Um, like my man d Nice says in Club Quarantine. Run that back.
8: Right, and then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of logs. so it'll be interesting to check that so that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds, it sounds interesting to me. So we'll see. But the whole concept of the light, the way it kills it in one minute, that's, uh, that's pretty powerful.
5: <laughs> RB, y'all, the makers of Lysol, had to put out a statement saying, don't do that. Don't do that. Quote, due to recent speculation and social media activity, RB, the makers of Lysol and Detol, has been asked whether internal administration of disinfectants may be appropriate for investigation or use as a treatment for coronavirus. As a global leader in health and hygiene products, we must be clear that under no circumstances should our disinfectant products be administered into the human body through injection, ingestion, or any other route. As with all products, our disinfected and hygiene products should only be used as intended and in line with usage guidelines. Please read the label and safety information. Joining us is Dr. Ebony J. Hilton, Associate Professor of Anesthesiology and Critical Care Medicine at the University of Virginia. So yesterday, folks, while we were live on Roland Martin Unfiltered, Ebony started sending me text messages. She said she was hot. What was the phrase, the country phrase you used?
3: I was 38 hot. But in all fairness, I didn't know what the actual translation for 38 hot meant. But even in reading on Urban Dictionary, what it means, it still applies. I was was just mad. Um, We shouldn't even have to discuss this. Um, Who would ever think we would be discussing why you should not inject... Clorox or Lysol or joy detergent or any of the above In order to keep your your insides clean. That's not how this works. It, it never has It, it never
5: has <laughs> right, But the, I mean it, it but it, it shows you okay first of all and I love this here If y'all have the video go ahead and play it. So today he goes. Oh, 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 I was being sarcastic Right, uh, I was being sarcastic to a reporter no, he wasn't. We saw it. He looked such. He he sounded like a dumbass and everybody ripped him. Now you got conservative media trying to. Oh no, no, That's, he was taken out of context, and it was in fact Kaylee McEnany. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Kaylee McEnany, the press secretary, she comes out and says, "Oh, he was. It was taken out of context." Yet Trump had already said, "Out of being sarcastic." So which is it? Then, Ebony, he looks over to Dr. Burks and other people, and then they actually are trying to make sense. At some point, they should say, man, hell no.
3: That's crazy. At, At some, and it's one of those things for Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks and Dr. Adams, the Surgeon General. We took an oath to first do no harm. And when you hear something, to not speak up is also doing harm. So I am not going to let them off the hook. You need to speak up. And if it means you get fired, so be it. Fire me, and then I can hold a press conference. At the same time, you're going to hold your press conference every day, too. But what I cannot allow is for you to sit here and, and use this platform that's supposed to be to empower the American people, and instead, it be used as a way that we can literally kill American people if they follow your words it is negligent, and people need to start remembering what the underneath title is, besides being in the CDC and working under President Trump. You you took an oath to be a doctor I mean... first, do that.
5: Right, and this, in, fa- in fact, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play this video here. So uh, what they did was they actually zoomed in, they zoomed in on Dr. Burke's face. Uh, so I'm gonna play it right now. Uh, uh As Trump was talking, and it's just hilarious. No it's hilarious. So she's sitting there like, what, what, the, what, what, the, what the hell is he? Then she takes this deep breath and she puts it. She's like, What the hell is he talking about? I, I gotta sit here and listen to this. Dreams in which die. I gotta it listen to this. It. I, what in the, the, I, the hell is going up explain it. I mean, this is, I mean, I I just don't understand why they don't want to hurt his feelings. Oh, he's a president. Uh, no. This idiot is just, oh, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I'm really smart about these things. No. He just up there just, just throwing out any stupidity.
3: My my mama used to tell us, if you didn't open your mouth, people wouldn't know how stupid you are. And that's the type of um, kind of, I guess, information I would like to pass on to President Trump. If you didn't speak so much, people would have no clue that you were, that that type of thought process would actually go through your mind. And so holding these press conferences is actually probably hurting you worse than anything else. In your terms of re-election, because if anybody can elect someone that says that they think they can inject sunlight into your veins or inside of your body some type of way into to help your lungs be better, then I then we might need some type of um, test before you can vote. I mean, this is this has gotten to a point where it's actually ridiculous, and past the point of ridiculous is dangerous. And
5: then says, "Hey, I, I want y'all to test that." Like. Man, we not about to test no damn disinfectant in the body. Flip a table.
3: I'm ready for somebody to flip a table. Or, I, I'm, I'm not flip a table. I'm at least ready for someone to walk out, to say, that is not true, that's a lie, and walk out. Because, again, we know that some... And Now, whether or not this this person um, followed protocol to true form, but when, when President Trump was talking about hydroxychloroquine and... It was a man um, who decided to take um, some, what is it, aquarium treatment medicine, or uh, aquarium treatment as as a cleaner that had the chloroquine um, in the ingredients list, and he died. And we're seeing now where the FDA had to release a statement saying, even for those who can get hydroxychloroquine in the the medical form, we are not advocating that you take this at home in order to prevent COVID-19 infection. We know it has side effects. And in fact, there was a study that was just released um, out of the University of Virginia, where I work, where we looked at um, um, veterans at the VA hospital. And what we saw was that you actually had worse outcomes with use of hydroxychloroquine. So, this is not a medicine that you can just take. Um, It has some real serious side effects that we need to look and see what are your past, what's your past medical history, what other diseases do you have? What medications are you on? And how does it interact with those specifics um, of your body? So he needs to just stop. And I don't even know what subject he can stick to, but it's not that one.
5: And, and not only that, now, now of course, the FDA uh, is issuing warnings ag- against this anti-malaria drug. Now we also know that a so-called quack out of Florida who who came up with this bleaching crap, sent Trump a letter this week. I mean, this dude is literally listening to quacks who are sending him letters, and he just goes out and spouts it out in front of the American people, and then he kept pushing the FDA. Now we know that he got—he basically fired a doctor who did not want to move forward with this, this particular drug. Oh, Laura Ingram and Sean Hanley, who kept touting the drug, now... It's been almost two weeks since they even mentioned the drug, and so these games that people were playing, and so now all of a sudden, Trump won't even mention the drug after he was touting it every single day.
3: Mm-hmm. And right. in the meantime, we have Americans dying, and it's not just old people. We have babies. The, I'm sure you saw the um, the report of the little baby that just died. Four months old. Had a five year old little child a four that just month died. Old. And, yep. and how is this being allowed to happen every day and so on you'll if you follow me on Twitter you'll see that I pretty much post every day when is the 25th going to be called on this because it comes a certain point in time where partisanship has to fall at the wayside when American lives are being cost and we are seeing overnight 2600 people died in America to right now we, we have upwards of 1500 that have died. And we have still another six hours to go. And not all the um, states have ever, uh, have actually reported their cases for today. And so we're, we are very much still in the midst of this pandemic. We have people listening to him about medications. We have people holding rallies and going outside to protest, having to stay inside, which is the most privileged thing I've ever heard. Um, and at the same time, In the last five days, we've increased our cases by 100,000 cases, and we've increased our deaths by more than 10,000 deaths. That's, I mean, what what is going to be enough for us as far as Americans, um, we the people, we own this country, we should own this country. When are we going to say it's enough, that we don't want to die, and we want someone that we can actually trust to give us the information, not someone who makes up stuff literally as he breathes?
5: okay and then and and then of course uh we were treated today uh to these idiots protesting in wisconsin uh because of the shelter at home uh, rules they are mad and upset uh i'm gonna play uh this video just a second this was some of the video uh that was uh that was shot uh, on the streets there that people were posting uh again of people on the corners on the corner i mean uh, uh, at the state capitol out there protesting mad and upset and you swear these people aren't paying any attention to 51,000, 51,000 dead. And do they think they can't get it?
3: <laughs> it's one of those things I actually don't know. I don't... I think people know they can get it. I saw this interview where uh, a guy was saying that he's immunosuppressed and he knows that he's at risk, but he's still out there to protest well, his liberty. and. And another lady had give me liberty or give me death. And I was like, that's kind of ironic because right now you may get you may get your wish for both of those, in that you you are right. not respecting the fact that this virus does not care if you live in a democracy or in a dictatorship. This virus cares about taking over your body so that it can live. And people are dying. In Wisconsin, for instance, today alone. They've had five people die, 262 people die altogether. They've had an, an additional 300 cases that's been reported. And that's with that's with us not testing. And I have to say that over and over again, because people keep on making these predictions of when the peak and what model and whether or not sa- their state is safe to open, where in Wisconsin, for instance, they've only tested 10,000 people per every 1 million citizen. You haven't tested enough. So you can't you have nothing to, to stand on to say whether or not your state is safe to open. And people have to realize that it takes one moment and you are gone forever.
5: Well. And, and, and that's really what, what, what you're dealing with here. You're dealing with people who are, again, they're getting their instructions from Donald Trump. They're getting it from these crazy conservative radio talk show hosts who believe that we've gone too far. And so what they want to do is say, okay, forget stay-at-home orders. Uh, there's no reason we should be doing all of this. And look, Ebony, I'm telling you right now, Doc, I keep telling black people, let them go out there. Y- y'all want to kill go right ahead. I ha- Look, I'm not interested in trying to run out to these fools. I ain't trying to be in no bowling alley, no movie theater. Uh, they can ha- they can keep all that they want to. Look, I, lo- I love the Lord. I'm not trying to go to a church where you're going to have two, three, four, five hundred, a thousand, two thousand people uh, sitting in the church because we still do not have a handle on this. And I don't care what Donald Trump says. Ain't buying it. And it's
3: one of those things, particularly for for Black people, we are dying at higher rates. And yes, is it because of systemic racism and the predisposition that we now have towards these chronic illnesses? Yes, is it because we have these industries in our in our communities that's causing our children to grow up with asthma? And is it because we have these food deserts, it's food apartheid where we're not getting adequate, healthy food options in our communities and it's causing increased hypertension and our high blood pressure and diabetes? Yes, it's because there's no sidewalks in our community and it increases the risk of obesity. It's an independent risk factor for obesity. Yes, but that doesn't take away from the fact, just because it is a a targeted thing that is not right and that we must fix, it doesn't take away from the fact that if you get the coronavirus, your chances of dying are increased. And it doesn't take away from the fact that currently upwards of 70% of all those who have passed away have been black and brown. So, that being the case, I don't care what bowling alley is open. You keep your, you know what, at the house. And and stay stay where you're safe because your family, your community, your nation needs you. We need you. Your life matters. You know, we say black lives matter. Let's now, prove first, it. Stay at home. Right.
5: Well, first of all, Dr. Ebony, you got to remember, Dr. Ebony, this is rolling roller mark on the filter. What you want to say is, keep your ass at home.
3: But my grandma watching. Hey, Grandma Louise. I can't My grandma.
5: Yeah, you know your grandma, you know your grandma saying the same thing.
3: (laughs) Right. Listen, she told us (laughs) that we best not be in the streets. And it's true, but it is one of those things, like I said, this is taking our babies. When I saw the picture of the little five-year-old girl, I said, you know, I think about my niece, who's four years old. There's no way I would be able to forgive myself if I didn't say every single day that this is nothing to play with. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is not G5 or whatever else, um, whatever else the new thing is as far as these conspiracy theories. This isn't something that you can shine sunshine into your throat and hope that it goes away. This is a virus. It's called the coronavirus, COVID-19. It was first discovered in, in China on November 17th and it's gonna be here for a while. We do not have a vaccine, and even if we had a vaccine, it still does not preclude that you could still die from it because as we see with the, um, with the flu vaccine, it still kills people too. So in this time, until we can figure out a better way to treat you, stay at home so we won't have to because we need you to be alive by Christmas, and that's my only my only mission is to get people to see the holidays. That's it.
5: Well, we certainly appreciate uh, all the work you have done. Folks, Dr. Ebony Jade Hilton, she is Associate Professor of Anesthesiology and Critical Care Medicine at the University of Virginia. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Y'all have a good one.
5: All right, folks. All right, then. Got to go to a break. We come back. 80% of Americans say I ain't going outside, even with these orders. I'll discuss it with my panel next, right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered. All right, folks, ABC News did a poll where 72% of Americans say that they absolutely are in favor of stay at home orders and believe that if we move too quickly to get back to normal, we'll present a greater threat to our country. 86% think that social distancing and shelter in place orders are responsible policies. If restrictions were lifted immediately, about 80% of Americans say they will be more than likely c- to continue to avoid public places that draw crowds. I want to bring in my panel right now, Dr. Niambe Carter. She is the Department of Political Science at Howard University. Also joining us is Rob Richardson, host of the Disruption Now podcast, and Amisha Cross, political analyst and democratic strategist. All right, to all of you, I'm telling you right now, point blank, uh, I, I'm, w- I'm with the 72 to 80%. I don't give a damn. I live in Virginia. I don't care what the governor of Virginia do. My family's in Texas. The hell with Greg Abbott. Look, we are not sitting here playing games with this. We're going to let all these other people, all these other fools go out there, get themselves sick, go to the hospital. That's all right. They can keep that.
9: Like, there's nothing I need. There's nothing I need to do out there. If I can't do it from home, then it doesn't get done. Uh, Quite frankly, this is reckless. It's foolish, Um, and I don't know what the point is of opening your state if you kill half the population um, that are going to be your consumers and your workers. I mean, I think this is um, nonsense, and I think when you look at some of these states and you look at the racial breakdowns in these states, and they've made you know, some assessments of where most of these COVID outbreaks are happening. It's no surprise they're happening in many Black communities, in less well-resourced communities. And they say, well, this doesn't apply to me, so open the state back up. You know, if a few more of these people are gone, then, you know, that's no big deal. And I think people are right to be leery of any state motivation that is saying to do something in contradistinction to what the public health community is saying. I think everybody should stay home until further notice because we're not even at the peak of this thing yet.
5: Amisha and
0: also I, say I, I agree
10: with too. Dr. Carter here. I think that we are, we're at a stage where it's extremely important to stay home. We definitely don't have enough tests. We still don't have the antibody test just yet. And we don't have a real way of knowing how many people are walking around asymptomatic who could pass this uh, this virus on to someone else and create some real problems. Secondarily, with as much as we argue for folks to stay at home, I'm also extremely worried about the, the essential workers, which are largely black and brown people, lower income, underprivileged groups who are still out here working in your grocery stores at various takeout restaurants, driving your Ubers, and they still don't have the PPE equipment necessary to do their jobs without essentially passing this thing on or having some real issues that they're going to take back home to their own families. I, I definitely don't think that it's time to open up any state, not just Georgia, any state in America to regular traffic again, because we just, it's not a safe time. We're not ready for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I wow. actually agree with the panel and I'll just say that it was great to have, uh, you know, Dr. Hilton on, but you didn't need to have an MD to re- to actually, re- to talk about what this stupid ass president just is telling people to do, to actually follow that advice but I just say we know we have a dumb, foolish president in office. But to quote Star Wars, "Who's more of the fool, the fool or the fools that follow the fool?" So we got people like Fox News. We have Trump apologists out here reinforcing this or trying to justify this craziness, uh, and and that's what worries me. So look, we need to make sure people understand. You don't. You can listen to nothing that anybody or any anybody that still is supporting this president. I don't know what this is about. Do you like your tax cut that much? Do you? Well, I, I don't. I don't understand. I, I just don't get this.
5: Well, I, I think I think what you're dealing with again. Let's just cut to the chase. Donald Trump desperately needs aggrieved white people to be mad and angry. That's what he needs. More so when you start looking at the data here, Joe Biden is killing him among older voters. Trump is pissing off older voters, uh, and so he needs this. He needs this anger, this resentment. And he needs these protests because he knows that's the only way he can win in November by riling up angry white folks. Especially and older those voters have every right to be upset. Trump educated. was willing
10: to risk their lives. <laughs> he was willing to say, okay, well, we can risk hundreds of thousands of older people because the younger people are basically the ones who are the means of production in this country. It's extremely sickening. He actually said that if, you know, if we sacrificed them, if they went out, um, that, that would be fine. Like, he did not care about older people in this country, which is extremely ironic because the majority of old white people is the Republican Party. They are the Fox News viewers. If you get rid of all of these people, by virus or otherwise, who is left to vote for you?
0: And Trump don't care about nobody. Listen, listen, he threw threw Governor uh, Kemp under the bus. He would throw his own mama under the bus if it made him look Mm -hmm. good. He does not care about anything or anybody.
9: But, you know, but the thing about it is these people are happy if they think all the costs accrue to people of color. Right. Correct. They think if all the other people get sick and all the other people die, then it's OK. And I think that's the, the part about um, this sort of drumbeat of, of white male in particular, but just white victimization. Right. Is that if you keep telling people it's somebody else and that it's those people over there, and it's those people coming in here, and it's these illegitimate people, right, these bad black people, these 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 bad hombres, right, coming up the border, you can pick their pockets all day long. And that's what, exactly what he's doing. And he keeps telling them that they are hurting. He keeps telling them that it's other people's fault. Forget that he mismanaged the economy, right? Forget that he is the one who sat on his laurels for months, knowing this thing was coming our way and did nothing right? But it's all those other people, right? This is why he's now going to these immigration bans and all of this stuff. Because if he can keep pushing yep. the buck, right? And placing yep. the blame on black and brown people, then he can let these these white folks who are getting justice sick, right? Who are also um, going to be finding themselves confronting this thing, he can make them believe that it was all this other these other people's fault. And that's exactly what he's gonna do all the way until November.
5: Uh, I got a new one for y'all. So Jonathan Swan is, uh, is um, he tweeted, sent out about f- 36 minutes ago, uh, that President Trump plans to pare back his coronavirus press conferences, according to four sources familiar with the internal deliberations. As soon as next week, he may stop appearing daily and make shorter appearances when he does, the sources said. Uh, they claim that, uh, that, first of all, the, the sources uh, say, it finally seems to have dawned on Trump that these briefings aren't helping him. Uh, <laughs> and they say that this was coming up before his disinfectant comment. Nah, I think, here's the deal. He was riding this deal. These, this, this news conference, these, these were his rallies. This is an opportunity for him to do what he was, No no no. The poll numbers are dropping because he is so dumb. And everybody, can, I love, and where are all the liberals who were saying, well, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, you gotta be out every day. This was Joe Biden. Now I'm cool, let him keep talking. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and keep talking. (laughs) Poll numbers came out showing Biden is up in Florida, up in Michigan, up in Pennsylvania, up in Wisconsin. And so Joe Biden, I I kept telling everybody, no, there was no reason for Joe Biden to be stepping out there holding daily briefings because he had nothing new to say. If somebody is, what they say, give somebody enough rope to hang themselves And Donald Trump, that's exactly what he's been doing. So this is no shock all of a sudden he wants to
0: pull back.
9: Well, this is his job. He's the president right now, and I think Joe Biden is exactly right. Don't give him your ideas, right? Don't do his work for him for free. I mean, this isn't, you know... I know people think about the campaign, but this is all COVID all the time, so I think it will be a waste of energy for Joe Biden. But let Donald Trump do his job. He's supposed to be the president. Then he should be doing his job as the president. And I think Joe Biden did exactly what he should have done. Because let's be clear, he wouldn't have been able to suck a lot of the oxygen out of the room anyway. I'm still baffled why any of these networks are t- are carrying this thing live every day because it's ridiculous at this point. Um, but they do. Hey, and so Joe I, Biden.
5: I, I, I say, Amisha, to... if these fools want to keep Amisha, and if you want to keep screwing themselves, they should start singing "Please Don't Go" by Casey and the Sunshine Band. <laughs> Because if he's going (laughs) to start saying, hey, inject yourself with disinfectant, oh, Doc, let's just go ahead and let the crazy continue so your poll numbers can keep dropping to guarantee we bounce your ass in November. (laughs)
10: <laughs> Absolutely. These, I mean, I these daily briefings have done nothing to help President Trump. In the beginning, there was a slight uptick, and we saw that just because there was the rally around the flag initiative that technically Americans typically do when there is any type of disaster. And that quickly dissipated within a week, a week and a half of him actually going live and doing these things every day. What Trump has done essentially was to try to attempt to use these as national campaign rallies, pseudo rallies for his base. And he has been ripped to shreds by making false claim after false claim, telling people about drugs that don't actually help, telling people about Clorox and (laughs) and all these other things. And it just seems ridiculous. He's tried to play pseudo doctor on television and he's embarrassed himself and showcased just how poor his leadership quality actually is. Now people are dying and we have an economy, the Trump economy that was supposed to be the magic economy and the glory days of America is shot to hell. We are now in the face of a depression that is greater than what we saw in 2008. He wanted to be to beat President Obama so bad, now let's see him try to create a recovery effort that can actually get people back to work. Because even if everything opened up tomorrow, we still have hundreds of thousands of jobs across every state in this country that are simply not coming back. Where is Donald Trump's plan for that? Yep.
0: And, a, and a You crisis
5: know, Rob, usually helps. I was sitting here. How, how, Rob, Rob, I was sitting here. And I was just trying to imagine what that discussion looked like in the Oval Office after he went out there and talked about disinfectants and the sunlight on the inside of the body and coming out through the skin. I couldn't help think this probably how the conversation went. I, was, I wanted to play from uh, that scene from Minutes to Society um, where, uh you getting the sound now? Yes. Let me know if y'all are getting I the sound when my man Bill Duke was so clean. Y'all got it now? Can y'all hear it? All right, well, I'll figure out what happened. But but I love that scene with Bill Duke like, you "No, know, y- y- you know you done fucked up right. You know that's what you did. You know that's what you did. You know you messed up. That's the deal. You you know you messed up. (laughs) So why don't you just, you know, you just, just sit your ass down. Just sit down. (laughs) But here's the deal. The reason, reason I don't mind the crazy, because I think every day this fool talks, Rob, every day this fool talks, he actually makes it worse. And that's fine with me. Just like Mitch McConnell, Republicans are blasting him after he said, yeah, yeah, y'all can go bankrupt. Peter King of New York went off on him. So the crazy I think people are seeing and, and Joe Biden, if by coming across as
0: I'm just calm and they're nuts, helps him moving towards November. Well, that's all you need right now. And, you know, a crisis normally helps a president, a normal president. We don't have a normal president. We have whatever you call that in the White House. So he he's doing what has worked for him. Uh, Won't work this time because people are dying. I mean, they can't they can't spin these facts anymore. They can't spin the fact that he called it a hoax. And now we're up to like 50,000 deaths. And in some counties, it's the leading cause of death in the United States in some areas. And so. You can't you can't make those facts up. No matter no matter how much Laura Ingram or anybody else tries to point to somebody else, you only got one person to point to the fool you guys put in the White House. Y'all president, not mine. <laughs>
5: I don't even call him president. Let's just be real yeah, clear. I don't so, even call I I him President. Mistake.
0: I usually call him the president I, I, occupant I, I, the White House. Thank you for correcting me.
5: No, I don't do that, because first of all, I said, if you don't respect the office of the president, I'm not going to show you any kind of respect whatsoever, and that's what he simply has not done. All right, folks, let's talk about black women uh, who are really being impacted by COVID-19, and folks are being turned away from seeking medical advice. And so black women, black women really are being stuck between the rock and a hard place. Joining us right now is Jocelyn, uh, Jocelyn Fry, Senior Fellow for the Center for American Progress. Jocelyn, how are you doing?
4: I'm doing well. How are you? Uh,
5: doing great. So, so let's talk about that in terms of. So, what are you seeing specifically? That's what's happening with Black women and COVID nineteen.
4: Well, what we're seeing is that you know Black women, uh, as many of us already know, they're really on the front lines in a couple of ways. First of all, they are uh, disproportionately the oh workers. They're you know, home health aides, their nursing assistants, they're the cashiers in your grocery stores. So they're on the front lines um, in a quiet way, but yet they're, you know, much more likely to be exposed to uh, infection. Uh, They may not have the equipment that they need. And they may not have things like access to emergency childcare, right? Like they still have to be working even though their kids are home um, from school. So on the one hand, um, we see them on the front lines but we also see them on the front lines at home, right? Like uh, black women, um, much more than any other group of mothers are far more likely to be the economic support for their family, either sole um, uh, breadwinner or primary breadwinner. Um, so they're at home and they're also experiencing job loss. They're in the industries that are losing a lot of jobs, like accommodations and food service. So all impact women and we're not spending enough time really talking about those issues.
5: Uh, all right. Got questions from our panel. Uh, Dr. Carter, you got a question?
9: Yeah. I just wanted to know how you think about this sort of, because I read your report and it was quite comprehensive, but one of the things I noticed is that black women are also a lot of the population of healthcare workers. So you mm-hmm. see black women as these as these working on the front lines as as cashiers and other things, but also working in healthcare fields. And if there was any more to say about sort of those women who find themselves in healthcare uh, professions as, as nursing assistants and other things.
4: Yeah. You know, I think that's a great point because, um, you know, black women are, they are, they're nursing assistants, they're home health aides. They are, uh, you know, one of the top careers for uh, black women is uh, nursing assistant and registered nurses. So they're on the front lines in that way. And we've heard a lot of discussion about things like protective gear, and clearly they need those, those things just like any other health professional. But they also need access to other services. You know, as I said, if, they're, if their kids are at home, they need to know that their kids are safe. If they um, don't want to go home because they're concerned about bringing home the virus and they may need access to uh, uh, things like housing costs because they're incurring additional expenses. Uh, We should be talking not only about how much they're earning, but they should be getting additional pay, premium pay, because they're putting themselves in hazardous situations. So I think um, uh, it's important to recognize that a lot of times, you know, black women um, have a history of being caregivers. Right? Like we're used to black women being the caregivers, um, but not really thinking about what are their own personal work family needs. We just want them to be there. um, And we just think that they should be there because that's what they've always done. And that's deeply rooted in our history. Um, But it's important for us to think about black women as um, not only um, uh, the the healthcare workers, but people who also have families. Um, the last thing I'd say is that we also have to think about the fact that they um, don't earn the same as their counterparts. Black women consistently earn less than other women. Um, they earn less than men. Um, and that's deeply problematic in an environment when they are disproportionately more likely to be providing economic support
10: for their families.
5: Thank you. Uh, Misha. Misha.
10: Have we looked at the role that the healthcare system itself plays? Because study after study has shown that there is a high level of insensitivity when it comes to African Americans, specifically African American women, when we go to visit doctors. We're not getting the same level of treatment when we complain and talk about some of the symptoms that we're having of certain things. We're either sent away or told, you know, the wait and see approach. And if you're of another race or another gender, then you may be able to see, and you're often able to see and get treated for these things quicker. So we know pre existing conditions are a major factor in whether or not COVID-19 um, actually really keeps you down and hospitalizes you. But for African-Americans who aren't being treated well for their diabetes, for their blood pressure, for certain heart conditions, these are things that would happen whether COVID-19 was around or not. Is there a message that you have for the healthcare providers themselves?
4: I think that's, you're absolutely spot on. That's exactly right. Um, You know, this, this disease is a terrible disease, but it does not happen in a vacuum. And we have to acknowledge that the status quo is already problematic. The reality is that um, communities of color and particularly African-American communities have enormous number of disparities, health disparities, uh, whether it's heart disease, whether it's diabetes, that makes them much more susceptible to the disease. um, And and that now statistically being born. And you're absolutely right. There's a whole emerging around um, black maternal health because black women um, have such high um, mat- uh, morbidity rates um, uh, who are, when they're pregnant women. Um, and it's consistently clear that um, part of the, the problem here is that black women encounter bias, they encounter racism and sexism um, in the healthcare system. They're assumed that they can absorb more pain, that their symptoms are not real, um, that they're told just to go away and come back. Um, and it seems not to be connected to whether or not they have a lot of money or not. Right. So this is this is an existing problem in our healthcare care system. Um, and now on top of it, we have this disease that we don't know how to fix and we don't really know how to treat. And so I think what is clear, and this is a message not only for our healthcare system, but really the policymakers who are making the decisions, is that any interventions have to understand that. They have to understand that the playing field that we're operating on is not a fair one. It is one that is um, structurally biased um, along race and gender. And so our interventions have to address that in addition to making sure that people get the services that they need.
0: Rob, your question. Yeah, so to add to that point cuz uh you know, you, you you and Amisha have both rightly pointed out that COVID-19 has exacerbated current vulnerabilities within our society and current inequalities. What would you recommend as just some practical steps that we can make within the uh healthcare system policy-wise. You talk about policymakers so we can make sure that we're holding uh, you know policymakers that say that they have our interests in mind to actually doing these things.
4: Yeah, that's a great question. I think there are a number of things that they could do. First of all, every state, um, every community in this country ought to be tracking the disease by race and gender. Um, We have some data that shows those disparities, but it's not consistent across the country. It's not always disaggregated. So we actually just don't know enough about who's being impacted, but we know something about the fact that uh, communities of color, particularly African American communities, are much more likely to contract the disease and to die from the disease. So one practical thing is that we ought to have that data. We should have had it yesterday. We clearly ought to have it tomorrow. We should make sure that um, um, in in, in terms of the services uh, that we're providing, in terms of uh, uh, any access to testing, that we are Making sure that the the communities most affected, many communities of color, many of the hot spots are around communities of color. They should have those tests. They should be prioritized. Um, we should be in those communities working with healthcare professionals. We should be tapping um, healthcare professionals um, from communities of color, including healthcare professionals of color, um, who are sensitive to the needs of of, of the communities that they're used to survey. Um, we ought to be, even though it's, it, you know, training takes time, we ought to be training and working with all those healthcare professionals. Nobody should walk in the door um, and then be turned away from not getting a test if a test is what they need. Um, and we should be, um, you know, focusing extensively on making sure that the, the communities that are most at risk um, are actually getting the services that they need. I would start there. Um, uh, to be sure. There are many other things that we can do in terms of supports for families, like access to emergency child care uh, and things like that when people are at home. Those things are important, too.
5: All right, Jocelyn Fry, Senior Fellow Center for American Progress. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot.
4: Well, thank you.
5: All right, then. All right, folks. Going to go to a real quick break. We're going to come back we gonna talk, man, the Supreme Court made a decision, five to four decision, sending his brother back to Jamaica. When do y'all hear the circumstances as to why. A perfect example on the assault on immigrants by Donald Trump and how that directly impacts black immigrants. That's next on Roller Martin Unfiltered. YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it.
7: I would have never been able to raise five kids alone without
4: this excellent job. And the security of my union,
7: working closely with my employer to make sure that I got the raises I deserved, that I had the medical benefits I deserved, that my children needed, making sure I have job security, making sure
4: that um, I'm overall successful. It's exciting to keep making a difference. It's exciting to just be part of such a great cause, involving people, which is what I love to do.
1: Jackie Rodriguez's work as a pathology assistant doesn't just allow her to support her
2: five kids. It's her way of making her community stronger. Behind every tissue sample is a real person, someone who needs her help and Jackie takes that role seriously. Surgical patients will probably never meet her, but her precision and attention to detail are essential to quality healthcare.
1: There are so many AsME members like Jackie who bring their A game every day. If you know one, and if you're blown away by their dedication to public service, please go to this website and nominate them for a Never Quit Award.
5: All right, folks, the uh, Supreme Court issued this very, very strange ruling on Thursday. Well, they rule against a Jamaican named Andre Barton, a five to four ruling. Barton, again, Jamaican immigrant facing deportation because of previous legal problems a long time ago. He just one example of immigrants living in fear and how the Donald Trump administration is using the law. To target immigrants, to deport them. And this is just shameful. Joining us right now uh, is uh, Ellie Mistel. He's with uh, The Nation. He wrote about this, uh, and the title is called SCOTUS Just Found A Way to Inflict More Terror on Immigrants. All right, all right Ellie, th- this is explain to people just these quirks in immigration law that they can use to deport someone uh, in the United States.
2: This is one of the worst cases that I've ever seen. Um, Andre Barton was a 40-year-old man. He, had, he owns a business. I think it's a car wash. Um, he has four kids. He's been in this country since he was 10. He hasn't been back to Jamaica in 25 years. Ten years ago, he uh, was busted for drug possession. Um, that kind of followed the end of, of, of a series of run-ins with the law, and it seems like that last drug possession bust Um, clean him up. He kind of got his life back on track. After that, he had, you know, he went to college, he graduated, like I said, he started his own business. So he really turned his life around in the past 10 years. But in 2016, interestingly, under the proceedings started under the Obama administration, in 2016, they started deportation hearings against him, because in our country, you can basically deport somebody for something they've done a very long time ago kind of regardless of how long ago it was there's no real statute of limitations on how long ago an offense happened so in 2016 they started uh, proceedings against him now there was another out for him and this is where the trump administration distinguished itself distinguishes itself in terms of cruelty and also like absurdity um you can kind of Four people in Mr. Martin's situation, you can apply for basically an exception, right? Like, yeah, I did that. and Yeah, you could deport me, but you're not gonna because I've lived here all my life and blah, 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 blah right? Um, so he applied for this exception, but um, under, you know, Jeff Sessions and Bill Barr, they said that he wasn't eligible for the exception, not because of the drug possession bust 10 years ago, but because of a crime he committed in 1996 when he was 17 years old. Um, it, and that was what the actual Supreme Court case was about with basically the liberals saying it is ridiculous, it is illogical um, to refuse to give them an exception uh, based on this 1996 crime, especially because the 1996 crime is not something that we can deport people for. Like the drug bust was. But this crime in '96 was is not a deportable offense. So the liberals were saying using the deportable, uh, using a 1996 crime that wasn't even deportable, to deport him is a logical madness. And the conservatives said, "Yeah, we don't care. We can do this."
5: A crime that took place 24 years ago.
2: Yeah, it was a, a you got to change, change yourself. I guess his, his friend allegedly uh, shot at a house. Um, when the res when when the resident was home, that was the problem. And so, this is the thing
5: that I have been to explain to people. When I see these black folks who are vehemently anti-immigrant, like ADOS folks, and y'all yeah, said it, when you when Donald Trump uses immigration to whip up his, ba- hit up his base, that. His policies are impacting black immigrants. Folks yeah. from Jamaica, folks from Absolutely, Haiti. Absolutely, under- back. We're sending back people to Haiti who are actually spreading coronavirus because they're not being tested
2: before they're sent back. Yeah, Roland, I don't understand. I, I'm with you. I don't understand African Americans who view uh, immigration as some kind of threat to our. Um, status and and opportunities in this country, especially because the anti-immigration forces are so relatively unabashedly racist with their enforcement of these policies. The thing that happened to to Andre Barton never happens to Becky, right? A 10-year-old drug bust. Becky doesn't go back to Sweden because she got busted on a drug possession charge 10 years ago, right? So this only happens to people of color, and the other thing that I don't get, where where some and again, it's I think it's a it's a small group, but where some African Americans seem to think that this immigration uh, uh, Gestapo is okay, the whole point is that these the the Republican forces want to be able to go in there and take snatch you snatch you based on the color of your skin. They want to show you that they can kind of ruin your life and livelihood at a whim. Um, and the immigration thing is is I want to say separate, but it's just another way for them to get into your life and try to wreck it. And that's the fear and terror and 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 really just I don't know what the right word is, but you know horribleness um, that these immigration policies kind of highlight but they are then spread to the general community of color. For all intents and purposes, Andre Barton is a black, is, 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 an, is, a, is an African-American. Like, yes, he was technically born in Jamaica. He's been here since he was 10. I mean, to, to, to distinguish his American experience, because he came here when he was 10 versus mine, because I was born in Queens, it is just ridiculous to me.
5: And also what you're dealing with here is what I keep trying to explain to people, when you hear the phrase "elections matter," the fact of the matter is, Republicans—they want. They, I mean, let's be real clear, because Mitch McConnell has made it clear, they want to put as many federal judges on the bench who are between the ages of 35 and 45. They just confirmed some dude in October, and who, who was who was who was recommended as. Unqualified by the American Bar Association, and they already want to put him on the D.C. circuit, on D.C. appeals court, considered the second most powerful court in the country below the Supreme Court. That's your yeah, strategy. Is and if, Reed, you if you are progressive, if you are progressive, if you're a liberal, you had better understand that they know
2: the power of the courts, <laughs> and they are using it as an election ploy. The man you're talking about, is named Justin Reed Walker, He's Not only was he rated unqualified, he only basically has his job because he's an old pal of McConnell's family. McConnell's known him since high school, apparently. It's worth noting that in this Barton case that we're talking about, the judge who had the deciding vote and wrote the majority opinion in a 5-4 split was Brett Kavanaugh, which is ironic given that Brett Kavanaugh has also been accused of doing some very bad things when he was a teenager. And yet and, and, and we just got through with the Kavanaugh confirmation, a bunch of Republicans saying, oh, it's so unfair to pull up this man's high school yearbook or history with drunken parties um, to deny him a job. Yet that man, Brett Kavanaugh, just banished a black man for a crime he committed when he was a teenager. Um, please understand. and I've said this to, to all the all the people I know who are a little bit disappointed that Biden's the nominee. They wanted somebody else. Biden was my, like, I don't know, eighth, 18th choice, whatever. Doesn't matter. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is 87 years old. Stephen Breyer, another liberal justice, is 81 years old. Do you want to know the kinds of people that the Trump administration has waiting in the wings to replace those 80-year-old liberals? There is not a thing you care about in this world if you are left of center that can survive a Republican Supreme Court. Nothing on climate. Nothing on guns. Nothing on equality. Nothing on taxes. Nothing survives a Republican Supreme Court, and that alone is enough for me to like swallow it and vote for Biden happily. So, um, people need to understand just how, how just how our courts are teetering on the brink of a full, complete arch Republican takeover.
5: Ellie Mistel, The Nation. I appreciate the man. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. Stay safe, Roland. Yes, sir. Going to our panel here. This is the thing that I have been laying out repeatedly, Amisha, that people watching need to understand. You heard all the issues Ellie talked about. I could throw on civil rights. I could throw on education. I could throw on environmental racism. The courts, they are the final arbiter and if people sit around and say, yeah, but so-and-so's not perfect, this is very simple. Amisha, Donald Trump, Mitch McConnell, the evangelical right, the Fairless society, they want to put on white men who are far right, who between the 80s of 35 and 45, and if you use Ruth Bader Ginsburg as an example of what you just heard, If they are able to put on a 35-year-old white male on a Supreme Court to replace her if Donald Trump wins, that means that if that white man serves to... He's 87, she's 87, and he's 35. That is 52 years. That means that that person will be on the Supreme Court until the year... 2075. I hope people see what I'm talking about.
10: Exactly, Roland, and that is the Republican long game. For all of the idiocracy that Donald Trump has and that he's brought to the White House and this nation by his presence there, The thing that he has done and the thing that he has followed the playbook for of conservatism is making sure that he made a long-standing change in the courts he is there to ensure that that emblem of uh, of conservatism not only in denying women access to to abortion rights but also ensuring that immigration all but stops in this country and that we continue to see a lot of conservative ideals being thrust upon this nation and that it doesn't turn the tide to progressiveness too far. Actually, that we rewind and take away some of the progress that we've made since the civil rights movement. That is President Trump's main goal. And to anyone who thinks that they don't support Joe Biden or Joe Biden wasn't their choice, hell, he wasn't a lot of people's choice as Democrats. But what you are standing up against is a president who is dead set on taking your rights away. And by by simply having the option of appointing these Supreme Court justices. And mind you, Ruth Bader Ginsburg will not be there forever. I personally would give her probably another couple years. Her age is in is in that range. And it's, it's a really sad thing for Democrats to believe that you can either sit on your laurels or that you cannot participate within this upcoming election. Because if we don't, we won the chance, and it's going to be more than a pretty hefty chance, of everything that we've worked hard for over the past six decades completely being dismantled because rest assured trump gets in again he chooses supreme court justices one maybe even two that are within that 35 40 age range and like you said roland um that that supreme court justice that level of change and that level of you know just that ability to spread conservatism is going to be there until the majority of us are probably not even going to be alive anymore
5: Dr. Naomi Carter, I'm going to say this again because maybe people didn't quite hear me the first time. Let's say they appoint a 40-year-old judge who serves on the Supreme Court for the next, oh, 40 years. That means that 2060, that person will be... I, I, I don't even think people even quite understand... How serious this thing is when you start talking about their plan to control the district courts, the lower courts, the appellate courts. That's that's the plan. And they and Mitch McConnell said it on Sean Hannity's show. He said, young men and women, that the Carter, they're even going to judges right now who are in their 70s saying. You know, why don't you think about retiring so we can appoint somebody who's 30 years younger than you for your place?
9: That's what they're doing right now. Absolutely, I mean, because it's a smart strategy if you want to keep the politics and policies that you care about in place, even though the nation is changing, particularly demographically, brought by this same immigration that these people want to stop. Actually, my book is about this, right, about immigration and Black folks, in part because we know that 20% of the people that are being deported for crimes are Black people. Even though Black immigrants, as a share of that population, are rather small, that happens because we surveil Black communities. We overpolice Black communities. And so immigration is not a separate issue for Black people, and most Black people understand that ADOS people are not, um, fortunately, the majority. But I think it's still worth reminding Black people that all the things you care about are all rooted in much the same white supremacy. So whether it's, you know, what's happening with police with us, what's happening with the environment, immigration, all of those things are interrelated. And Republicans have always been very good at planning how to live beyond their demise because they are a shrinking part of the population. It's not that people aren't any more ideologically conservative, but people aren't Republicans anymore in the same way that they were, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. So they know their time is growing short. So what are they doing? This is why they care about gerrymandering. This is why they care about the census, right? Because they know that if they can control those processes, then they have a much better job, a much better chance of running the table. So this is why they have all these governorships, right? This is why they are able to switch states from from blue to red or states that were purple to firmly red because they understand gamesmanship. And this is one more example. So while I can control, you know, the the gerrymandering process for a decade, I know I can control these appointments for a lifetime. And so they are very clear about what it is they must do to extend their life, because most yep. people don't believe in the things that these Republicans believe in, right? Most people don't want the things that right. they
5: want, right. Like, yep.
9: and so they yep. know yep. this, but... and so they're doing what they can.
5: And so you know, Rob, very quickly like, perspective they... again, my youngest niece or nephew is twelve. They want to appoint justices that would be there until he turns 62.
0: Yep.
5: And I'll just tell you I, this. Look, I just need a, the people watching to, to do the math here. And this is not the Supreme Court justices. They yeah. want to put... Trump has appointed nearly 200 judges. If Donald Trump wins re-election, the Republicans very well would be in position to appoint a majority... Of all federal judges in the United States. Now, somebody watching Rob will say, Oh, well, I don't know what kind of judge Joe Biden would pick. I can tell you that judge will not be as, will not match the judges the Federalist Society are picking. So the vote in November is a vote. On who will be federal judges and the control they will have over every law. And let me say again, every law. If you file a lawsuit in federal court that's against a city law, a county law, or a state law, it's going to go before these judges. This thing is real, and the folks on the right, they know it, and that's why they're voting that way. Rob, go ahead before I go to the next story.
0: You Uh, you know, very quickly, I just want to just express my anger to this case as a lawyer. The mental gymnastics that was required for these justices to rule this way, this is what they said. They essentially said that we are going to deport a man for a crime he committed 20 years ago that he couldn't have been deported for 20 years ago. Like, what? Like, so the fact is they worked to make sure he was denied his rights, and that tells you it matters. But I want to talk to, I agree with with everything that, 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 that you've said, Roland, that everyone else said, that this is a really important, why this is the most consequential election is really because of judges. But let me say, when we get in power, this still matters because, look, part, part of my anger here is making sure that when we get there, because if, if Joe Biden can't win this election, we got serious problems. Like, we got real big problems. You, you We need to be able to win against this 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 type of president. If we can't, we got a lot of problems. But going forward, when he gets in office, uh, federal judges, they need to make an aggressive push. They Democrats don't play the long game. We're not as aggressive. We try to look for ways to work together and be reasonable. They push this hard. I mean, they're pushing this hard because yep. they care about the long game. Yep. And then when you get executive power, look, th- th- this this decision, as horrible as it is, what it tells me is that the Supreme Court has just given more power to the president. So I want to see when Joe Biden becomes the next president, he's going to do everything possible to be aggressive about this. I think he – and really do the opposite of what Donald Trump has done because that needs to happen for to make sure we actually keep winning elections because when we get the power, we need to actually use it and actually legislate like Republicans do, that's what I think. Hey,
5: I agree. Bottom line is, when you get the power, you do what you do. And you Mm -hmm. go hard. Mitch McConnell ain't apologizing to nobody. Mitch McConnell don't care what none of us think. He don't care, he's like, I'm gonna ramrod this agenda. And you're absolutely right. If Democrats take control of the United States Senate, and I think when you start looking at the math right now, um, they very well can win uh, Arizona. Uh, they can win North Carolina seat. They can win the seat in Maine. Um, they can, there are about five seats they can win. Now you talk about it's going to be tough for them to win one of those two in Georgia, uh, or even both of those in Georgia. Uh, it's going to be tough for Doug Jones to, uh, to retain his seat in Alabama. Right. And then we can go to some other different states there, but there's a possibility. There are about 12 seats that are going to be in play Democrats right now are leading in five of those. You got you to gotta get control of the United States Senate to guarantee that you're able to control who gets picked in these federal judicial positions. And you're absolutely right, Rob.
0: there should be a fight. I mean, like, I, I would have preferred, you know, oh, when, oh, yeah. when President Obama lost it, when, 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 when that seat was up, the one that Brett Kavanaugh has, there should have been all types of war. Can you imagine if George W. Bush had his seat and the Democrats said, "No, we're not going to do that." Don't even, don't know. even, don't, even, don't please, please. I, that's all I'm
5: saying. Should have been. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't even remind me of that because I was one of those voices yelling and screaming to Obama, "Don't you pick no old white dude? Cause ain't nobody gonna be out there fighting for a white guy to the Supreme Court." And we already, in the history of the United States, you've only had five non-white men on the Supreme Court. Five. Mm-hmm. That's it. Five. I was like, man, ain't nobody out there
0: fight. Come on, dog. I ain't even. He, I, going to the that he, can, he can reason with even, them. Oh, I somebody oh. that they might like. And where, where was he at? I mean, Mitch McConnell is the same person. He hasn't changed. Like, and that's the point. Like, and I, and, I, and like, we're voting for Biden, but I hope Biden understands that you cannot. Some things you can't compromise on. You have to come there yeah. being willing to fight, or we're gonna have a lot of problems.
5: You have another man. I'll take girl. that
0: back. That was six. That was there that, 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 that
5: was, that was six non white men judges Thurgood Marshall, Clarence Thomas, Sandra Day O'Connor, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Elena Kagan, and Sonia Sotomayor. That's it, y'all, yeah. in the history of the United States. Okay? Six non white men should, on the Supreme Court. Right of, I, think, uh, <laughs> I think it's 109 or 110. Huh? You know, so this it shouldn't surprise us,
1: but
9: I I said, this shouldn't surprise us, we've had just a string of white men in all these top positions. But I will say Rob is exactly right in the sense that, you know, what Obama did was let the Senate get away with not doing their job. Mitch McConnell flat out would not. Right. And Mary Garland sat there and sat there and sat there. And here we are. And so we have to be clear with Democrats and Democrats need to be clear that you can't care about what other people are going to think. Right. Because Republicans certainly do not. And they are playing for keeps and they are winning. And that's
5: the story. They are winning. Yep, simple as that. All right, folks, we talk about playing for keeps. A group of 200 black women have sent a letter sent to Vice President Joe Biden saying, uh, bruh, you need to pick a black woman for your uh, vice president's position. Uh, the letter uh, listed potential candidates such as former Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams, California Congresswoman Karen Bass. Florida, Representative Val Demings, Ohio, Representative Marshall Fudge, California Senator Kamala Harris, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, and former National Security Advisor Susan Rice. Letter says, quote, we urge you to seize this historic opportunity to choose a black woman running mate who will fight for the issues that matter most to the American people and help deliver a decisive victory in a successful Biden presidency. Bob, on Dr. Carter, here's, I think, why Biden is, is in a conundrum. Um, he, he announces that he's picking a woman. So basically, if you're a man, you have to list. Mm -hmm. But here's the reality. Biden, the only reason he is still standing is because of black people. If it was Mm -hmm. not for Congressman Jim Clyburn in South Carolina, Vice President Joe Biden's campaign for president would be DOA. He would be out of the race right now. If Biden picks somebody other than a black woman, what that is going to do is give further legitimacy... To the people who say, here we go again, black people serving as sharecroppers for the Democratic Party and not being able to benefit from what they tilled. That's Mm -hmm. the conundrum he's in. He cannot afford a drop in black turnout. Hillary Clinton could not afford 2.4% drop in 2016. She's not president. She Mm -hmm. at home. He got no choice but to pick a black woman. I think that the Carter he picks anybody else, he got a huge problem.
9: Especially if he goes for the Amy Klobuchar's of the world. I mean, no harm, but this is what Clinton did, right? She picked Tim Kaine, who's perfectly fine and non-threatening, but he's not going to get anybody excited. Now, I definitely think that people recognize the stakes in the race, and so people are probably going to be more inclined to show up in November than they would be, but, you know, I think it's it's fair to say, right, that black women have been clear since 2016 about what their expectations are of the party. It's not enough to have black women around but not in the leadership. And so I don't know that all of those women on that list... Are, are all the same in terms of qualifications or even, even politics that women want. But it's clear that you cannot say you had no choices and you didn't know that there were any black women that, that you could have chosen because these black women have put out a list of people that they think you should at least consider and they all should be vetted because certainly if you just go for what you've always done, which is to pick the nice white moderate, and I think saying woman left it open enough, right, um, But I think it's clear that if if you do this, there will be consequences. Maybe not at the presidential, but certainly in state races and others where it also matters. Um, Because I just think black women recognize this election is super critical, but there is no reason not to. And Joe Biden is going to need some excitement on that ticket.
5: Amisha, I'm going to say this again. I'm going to just... I'm gonna keep saying this so if anything happens, they go back and say, Lord, y'all should listen. Joe Biden is going to have hell to pay if he picks somebody other than a sister, not a woman of color, okay? I don't care. You can talk all you want to about the woman in Nevada, but the point, point blank is this here. He has no nomination without black people. This is called a return on investment. And I think if you are Senator Kamala Harris, Congresswoman Val Demings, you, Congresswoman Karen Baz, yes, Congresswoman Marsha Fudge, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily believe that Stacey Abrams is going to be on his vetting list. I don't. I think he got another no place to go. They, they cannot afford a drop in black turnout.
10: I absolutely agree with you there, Roland. Black people's and more specifically, Black Girl Magic helped and aided, created the opportunity for Joe Biden to have the revival of sorts that he did in South Carolina and post South Carolina without the black vote clinching it for him. He would not have been the nominee point blank, period. And at this point, black women are saying basically singing that Janet Jackson song. What have you done for me lately? They are wondering specifically what is going to happen and what is our value to the presidency, to the Democratic Party, if we continue to turn out, if we continue to put this agenda forward, if we continue to carry the water and bring everything for the Democratic Party and yet get absolutely nothing in return. In this era of COVID-19, where you see more and more black people experiencing levels of trauma, getting hospitalized, having to work on the front lines, The people who are going to suffer the most when it comes to unemployment and the jobs crisis that falls out of this is those black people, particularly the black women who are leaving households by themselves. This is even more fuel to the fire as to why it's extremely important to not only say that you're going to have a woman, but specifically choose that woman as a black woman. And with the list that you just presented, the list of women that um, has been presented to Joe Biden, the short list he currently has of black women as well, there is no shortage of qualifications available no one can say that there weren't black women who were ready willing and had everything in place to be as quintessential to this race and i think that when you have a black woman on the ticket not only do you raise excitement but you also increase turnout numbers because black women and black people want to see themselves in the next administration
5: rob and here's the other thing rob is real simple One of the reasons why people touted Joe Biden from the beginning is because Joe from Scranton can appeal to the white folks in the blue-collar states, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota. So why do you need a vice presidential nominee to appeal to the very people who Joe Biden is supposedly the one to appeal to? That's why the Klobuchar talk or oh, the governor of Michigan talk makes no sense to me.
0: Yeah, look, I'm, I'm going to play the cynical role here, I guess, out of everybody here. I, I, You know, I I think that he's not going to, one, two. I think he shouldn't have said at the very beginning he was that he was going to pick a woman, not because he shouldn't pick a woman, just because he's opening himself up to saying, well, why aren't you going to pick a woman of color, things like that. And he's opening himself up to say, well, you only cho- chose that person because you're a woman. Select the person run out with that person And so that's just my point of view but from there but i'll just say this uh, the fact is i believe his candidacy was based upon what you just said and i and i think a lot of black folks voted for him for two two reasons one is obama's vice president that's actually one two three four five and i'm gonna give one more and it's because they thought for the reasons you said well you know we need to figure out a way to appeal to the moderate white vote and maybe joe biden is the only person because he's the safest so I actually think cynically, a lot of black people aren't going to care about it. They're going to say, "Okay, well, maybe he did that, and he needs to win, and we'll just take the Supreme Court." I think I'm not saying we shouldn't, but I think I think his his candidacy shows that a lot of people are are, are just they want to do everything and anything to get rid of Donald Trump, and they believe he is the best chance to do that.
9: Mm-hmm. I mean, look, Democrats have shown uh, time and again that they're I'm not saying that's my point of view. view.
0: I'm saying I'm making a I'm making an overall statement about how the uh, how the campaign has gone. No, and I mean,
9: I don't disagree. I mean, look, we've seen it, right? Democrats will do that. (laughs) They will pick the safe ticket or what they think is the safe ticket, which might actually be a losing ticket. And I do think the stakes are so high that even if he chooses somebody that Black women don't like, and I'm one of the signatories on that letter, let me be clear, um, they're still going to show up to vote because we know what the stakes are. Nonetheless, it's sort of like, why do the thing that is the most uh, obvious thing to do? Right, because it's often the easiest, and I know that Democrats—we don't like to say it—but Democrats don't like to do the thing that is that is that is hard sometimes, or that's winning. He's an
0: old-school Democrat. We're not talking me. about somebody. I mean, he's been in the game since it was the beginning of the Democratic oh, sure. Party. This is not—he's not—he's not a, not a new-school Democrat. So he's.
10: Absolutely.
0: I mean. You get what you vote for. I
10: I wouldn't throw caution to the wind and say Black people will just show up either, though, because demographically speaking, when we chop this thing up by age, most younger Black people definitely would sit at home, even if Joe Biden is at the top of the ticket, depending on who the vice president is. And that is something that I think is just... Is something that his campaign has to take into consideration, and oh, something that's I, not I, I didn't going say to they be take it into A lot of folks really I'm, I'm want to see a, a candidate who has a strength that Joe Biden they feel like does not, and they do see that in an African American female VP pit.
0: By the way, I agree with all your reasoning. I'm just saying I don't think they do. <laughs> I think, and I think they are saying, well, we believe this, and we won the campaign, and we didn't have to worry about it, so. Why should yeah. he do it now? He's going to... I mean, I don't... He's And he's a very traditional old-school Democrat. I agree with your reasoning, Amisha. I'm just cynical whether they're going to do it.
9: Yeah, I mean, they've shown that they, they don't mind picking... Like I said, that Tim Kaine choice was a, a waste of a choice the for dumpster. Clinton. There was, he, Virginia was already going to go Democrat. What did he bring to the ticket? He was perfectly fine, non-threatening, but he wasn't interesting. And they have a chance to do it over, but we've seen time and again the Democrats will do the thing that is safe. And I so I appreciate Rob's point. And I think even for young Democrats, let's be clear, they didn't show up, then they don't show up in the same way that older people do. So I think you know they don't necessarily make decisions based on those folks, but certainly because the margins were so thin in 2016, you absolutely have to have those black folks and others show up because that's what joe biden did for barack obama right he got pennsylvania he got india he got those places and he needs somebody who can do the same thing for him it just has to be much younger <laughs> a woman i think will be exciting i think a black woman in particular um will do that trick for him but who knows what they're going to do
0: yeah i think obama got those actually i just uh, i don't know like I, I give obama more credit than i do joe biden i think they were a good team Uh, But, you know, Obama could bring people out and people are trying to recreate the Obama coalition. That's Obama's. It looks like nobody else has that. So we just you know, they they have to win this election at the bottom line is this is not an argument against Joe Biden. This is my observation of the Democratic Party. And I hope I'm wrong.
5: Well. We shall certainly see. Okay, I do have to ask y'all about this here. The NFL Draft took place last night. Uh, and let's just say, um, if you were a girlfriend or the br- cats drafted, you ain't really have a good night. Uh, <laughs> it, it, was, it was a trip watching all of these things play out. Uh, watching, of course, uh, folks going live from the homes. The one piece of video that's getting lots of discussion is this one right here, uh, where Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia uh, was uh, was drafted. And <laughs> I, 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 I'm just gonna play the video, y'all, just so we can talk about it. So watch this here. <laughs> so, the so here it is now I don't, know who, who, I don't know who Wilson Becky is Georgia, hugging him on his Brooklyn lap Brooklyn. but mama was like move and then Becky got a little Even slow and mama move in the, South
2: the camera in in on us girl
5: y'all mama was not playing uh it was of course you also had the other uh, football player uh where his girlfriend took one of his phone he was like mm, took the phone back uh I, I Rob, I'm sorry. The, the one where
0: Mama threw Becky. Mama's like, "Hey, girl, you got to move." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know what she was thinking, and you know what? 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 He was thinking. It was at the house, but I. I, I don't know. That was. That was quite interesting. I, I'll just say this. Uh, as a suffering Bengals fan, I guess we got what the number one pick, and I just hope that. I, I just hope that uh, young guy doesn't ruin his whole career because wow, the Bengals are. Whew, a rough organization to watch, so we'll see. Maybe they'll make them better, but in terms of the Becky, I don't know. You might, might want to just be a little more careful. I, I'm, I,
5: look, I, I, Amish, I'm look, I couldn't help but crack up laughing, because the Mama was like, going I need you to move, I need you to move, then the girl tried, Mama's like, I need you to move your ass out the camera angle.
10: I watched this live and died laughing because the mom was very calm the first two times she tried to get this girl to move because this is a family moment. Ma'am, you're not a fiancé. You're just a girlfriend, and by the time he gets to the pros, you probably aren't even going to be that. Let's move on. And the girl would not get up, so mom basically just, like, came, de her, removed that whole body to where it (laughs) needs to be, not in the family picture shot. I think that, you know, overall, these these are black athletes. They know that they're about to be superstars. It's a huge moment for families who have, you know, fundraised for them, who have paid for the cleats, who stayed up those long hours, who made sure that they were going to be best served as the athletes that they were going to grow up to become. This isn't a moment for the girlfriend to shine. And to your point about the second video, the one with the guy with the cell phone, turns out... Funny story, Twitter has a whole bunch of receipts. <laughs> this girl has been in three separate um, NFL draft videos oh. because she picks a different black man every year.
5: Ooh. Well, I think one you're That's talking about careful. is uh video I'll play right now. So, so, so CeeDee Lamb, uh, Oklahoma wide receiver, got drafted. Uh, and so watch this video here, y'all, here we go. Watch this video here. <laughs> <explosive> <laughs> pick pick hit, okay, really but look at his mama okay his mama's sitting to his right we're gonna play the video again uh and w- 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 watch what this here watch the mama the mama look like girl did you just take your main phone and, like uh uh-uh. uh. and the girl looking all shocked and now she looking all sheepish like I can't believe he did that and she looking around like I hoping I hope nobody else saw it. he snatched my phone <laughs> boo we all saw it We all saw it that the Carter is is all over the place everybody saw it and she tried to go on twitter and say Oh, well, he was on the phone with the team and his agent was calling on facetime And so I was trying to help him because he should answer the call and then he took it back. Mm-mm-mm. Just listen. Stay we your lane.
9: Away. We look. We all have call ID on our iPhones. It's fine. He can handle it. He's a grown man. But I will say, Mama, Mama should have got a contract last night. I know those hands, and they don't play. And so she moved her right on out the way. And just like he grabbed his phone back, so we know why he has that contract. I think you know we should do this more often. I've never watched an NFL draft, but I will definitely make sure I watch one after now. <laughs> <laughs> because they were. Well, they were-
5: I, I, well I, I don't know. What, we we don't know if they're virtual. gonna go virtual. We don't know if they're gonna go virtual again. But all they I'm should. saying is, Better you know watch. what? They
1: should.
5: I, I we watched the girlfriend. I gotta watch sons, Big.
10: Project Protect Your Sons. These women have their claws. I gotta the watch dollars. Big Mama move, move
5: well, Becky well, again. And the 18 year olds already I gotta watch Big Mama move Becky again. I got y'all. I'm telling you, just what y'all. Mama was like, "Move!" Uh-oh, she almost the elbow at Mama. You better be curious? Hold up, hold up. hold up, hold up. We gonna run that back. Here go again. Here go again. Here go again. Okay. So Becky, she going for the hug. She know the cameras on them. Oh, oh, you got drafted. And then Mama's like, "Get up!" And she's like, "Oh." And Now she resisted. Mama's like, "I need you to move, <laughs> y'all." I don't care, I don't care what y'all say. And you see, you see Big Mama, you see her going, and look, look, I need all y'all to like, like chill the hell out. Cause what none of y'all ass is here when I when I birthed him, wasn't none of y'all feeding him when he was in elementary school. So get your ass off the camera when it's showtime. That's really what mama was saying. That's the translation of what mama was saying, Rob.
0: Yeah, and look, and I'll just say this, hey look, get a good financial advisor. Protect your assets. Do not assume that you're going to keep making money because uh, people will take your money. All those people in that room will find ways to spend all of your money real quick, and you can have a million dollars. You can have a million dollars and lose it. Ask Adrian Peterson, who had a hundred million dollars, hundred million, and he's bankrupt right now. So that story happens don't, more often than not. So do not lose your don't don't lose your coins over some foolishness. That's all I got to say.
5: Absolutely, Dr. Carter, Amisha as well as Rob. I appreciate y'all being on my pound today. Thank you so very much. Folks, I'm going to go to commercial break. We come back. Comedian Ali Sadiq will be in the house. I can't wait to hear what Ali got to say about Becky trying to get all that Facetime with the NFL draft. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Back in a moment. You want to check out Roland Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? roland martin unfiltered like share subscribe to our youtube channel that's youtube.com forward slash roland Martin, and don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live you'll know it all right folks it's my man our comedian ali sadiq from h-town is he there yeah i'm here is ali ali what's going on man glad to have you here y'all comedian Ali Sadiq joins us right now. Uh, glad to have him uh, in
1: the house. Roland Martin unfiltered. You're looking real black with your backdrop. Hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm real I'm real um, revolutionary right now. Let's talk about the elephant in the room first of all, um, Roland. Me, I am the elephant in the room. I have never gained this much weight in my whole entire life on a quarantine. <laughs> I, I didn't been in solitary before, and you don't gain this weight. You shrink down. You know I'm saying? I'm doing something wrong. I'm staying in the kitchen. I'm eating everything. I'm eating everything that don't even go together. You know what I'm, saying? I'm just I'm just fat right now. Now, other <laughs> elephant and wrong. I don't know why one thing I was concerned about. Didn't Nobody had no mask on doing these NFL drafts. Um, it wasn't nobody social distancing themselves. Mama about to catch the COVID slinging some white girl around that's by the couch. It's crazy. I'm like I'm watching the draft like man and just sitting there as a as a concerned parent. Like, look, ain't nobody got on nothing. Ain't no gloves on. Ain't no <laughs> ain't nobody six feet away from nobody. The white girl right there in his mouth. Ooh, you just got drafted. Mama like, hey, slide this way. What's up, y'all? Y'all see what I'm doing? You see what I <laughs> like, um then, you know, That's the not... girl the girlfriends no. was taking it on the chin. The girl I, I must say that. Girlfriend was taking it on the chin. Now what I wanna talk about rolling. Dan Kirkpatrick. Dan Kirkpatrick, he just said that you you supposed to sacrifice Big Mama. I'm saying to get the economy rolling. I'm saying we somebody gonna the man just to come out and say somebody gonna die. Look here, this hey we got to get we got to get this money rolling. Somebody gonna die. That's 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 the, that's the sacrifice. That's that's how that's why war is. It's like war. I said, man, what is wrong with this man? I'm not sacrificing my Big Mama. I'm saying for um the economy. I can't do that one. Now, now, now we got a, a retard. First of all, now first of all, for
5: everybody who's watching, y'all heard I only say Dan Patrick, not Dan Patrick, the sports announcer, but the idiot lieutenant that? governor of Texas, lieutenant I- governor of Texas, Dan Patrick. That that's the fool who said, uh, you know, uh, we, we hey. you know, I'd rather die than change our way of living, which is about the, the dumbest thing you ever heard in your life. I'd rather die than
1: change my way of living. Well, if you're dead, Dan, you, the way of living is changed. They ain't even got a place to put some of these bodies. Don't y'all run out there and get no haircut or no massage. Now, hold on. Hold on. Now, they saying that black people are the ones who go into the hair salons and going to go to the nail shops and the bar shop. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The 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 mayor of um Beaumont, Texas, she got caught. Becky. Becky get caught. Um, in the coming out the nail salon, and you know Becky lied, and you know Becky, Make, lies, Becky right? lied, Becky Becky say, "Hey, Becky I wouldn't get my nail done. I, I was would just soaking my, my, my fingertips and ask stone." Get feedback
5: from. Get a lot of feedback. From who? Me? I don't. First of all, Ali, I'm telling you right now, what well, the thing that for me is just still the absolute craziest out of this are uh, All these white folks out here protesting, time I open it back up, and I'm sitting there going like, "Look at here, I, hey, if y'all, if y'all want to start dropping dead, hey, y'all can congregate, y'all can have y'all clan rallies, y'all can go to the bowling alley, y'all can do whatever y'all want to do. All I'm saying to the black people, if y'all work at any of those places, tell them, you know what?" I'm going to go ahead and take that unemployment because I am not going to walk in there and y'all not wearing masks,
1: not wearing gloves, and I'm going to catch something because y'all stupid. Roland, I got a plan. I got a plan, Roland. You know, in, in um, Arizona, they spending money putting homeless people in hotels. See, now, since I didn't get you a bed, since I didn't get you a bed, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to recruit some homeless people. And you see that protest, go over there and just start sneezing and coughing. On everybody. Just go over there and start watching white folks scatter. Watch them scatter. I don't even understand why you want to go back to work. I've been needing a vacation. You know what I'm saying? They out there protesting to go catch the disease. White folks, wow, man. But let them let them go out there. But I know one thing, Becky talking about um Becky talking about um she was just dipping her fingertips in acetone. Where I'm from, that's called getting your nails done, Becky. That's what where I'm from. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> then she's gonna try to lie about it. Now your president. Your president that came up with the cure, people. Your president that came up with the cure. It's called it's called hot light, hot light, sunlight, or um. He say you can take you can take you some bleach, some bleach and some fabuloso. You know what I'm saying it, it, you gonna have people. Is that, is that me feeding back?
5: Now I'm not quite understanding that one. Uh, that what well, this fool stood up there, Ali, talking about. Uh, some bleach. And and then uh try to come out today. Uh I was just playing. I was being man. sarcastic. Y'all taking me seriously? No, you, all, you 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 embarrassed cuz he cuz he went back cuz you know all he does is watch TV. I mean, the y'all Ali, do you realize the man don't even show up to the Oval Office until noon or 1 p.m. He watches TV for 8 hours in the morning before he go to work. That's his job. His ju- <laughs> he watches more TV than a television critic.
1: Hey, you do know, you understand that, you know, I know things. I have what they call a, a, a brilliant... You know what this is, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, hairstyle, um, um, stylist, <laughs> a die artist. I'm like, the man... Is, first of all, I'm I'm willing to bet that Melania had it, because ain't nobody seen her in 30 days, you know what I'm saying? Then she come out for, um, for Earth Day, you know what I'm saying? Looking weak, looking real fragile, your no Earth Day. She probably had it. You know what I'm saying? He finally got it and ain't said nothing. If you know was walking around just coughing on, on pants. You know what I'm saying? This is a this is a weird, this is a weird dude. Now, the funniest, the funniest thing that the man said you can take, you can take lights off. You know, now you're gonna have people tying off, just injecting lights off in their veins. Cause you know white folk listen to whatever he say. And then then he telling people that the, the media, first of all, I don't have to answer no questions because you are fake news. The man sitting there, like, I, I know a lot of them reporters. Want to whoop him? I know a lot of the reporters want to whoop him. Cause I couldn't be. I couldn't be the one. I'm sitting there trying to do my job. So, sir, what do you think about this? First of all, I don't want to talk to you. Don't say nothing to me. First of all, if security <laughs> don't get to me, I'm gonna slap. I'm gonna slap that little hairstyle out here. I'm gonna slap you flip to the other side, man. <laughs> I, I don't even understand how he, how people he well, we- up with how he talking to folks, man. He talks so reckless. What well, man? He told a lady, oh, "Are you seeing in? Are you seeing in? Don't say nothing. Didn't And did look." But this this type of move that I pulled, I don't want to listen to somebody. He just he just did it like this. She's still talking. She's still somebody tell her to be quiet. She's still if she's talking to me. Somebody <laughs> that, lady, that lady was still talking. And like I said, um, sir, it was like see that's black. See that lady had a splash of black argument in her. Now other thing, bro, I don't know a lot about my I don't know a lot about my kids. I'm just gonna say that like that. Um, I didn't know that my son didn't like taking baths. I didn't I didn't really know that. And um he lied about these baths too. Then I took I, a bath and I say, son, um let me tell you something. Your soap, your soap gotta get smaller if you're bathing. You I'm saying? Your soap gotta get smaller. <laughs> He's the mind. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I opened a bar of soap. I got one, he got one. I put mine. I put one in his bro I didn't used mine. Mine is that mine is slim. He in there with the same size bar of soap. And then, so I did the alcohol test. I did the alcohol test when I got a cotton ball and just rubbed his face. And if you talk about mud, I'm talking about, hey, man, you're muddy. You need to clean yourself. <laughs> <sir. laughs> Not muddy, dirt, man. mud. <laughs> that's mud, that's what you call, I, I showed it to him, that's what you call mud right there, sir. You was know what I'm saying, he's like, and, and then, it, then this, was, this I, love, I love kids' expressions when they didn't, when they got busted, because he's looking like this. He's looking at it like, let me see, let me check that out, and what's that? Man, that's you. That's you, little dirty boy. Going on, on. It's your little self? <laughs> now. My, my now wife now, Ali, suppo- now you, you said you been. you said you've been gaining
5: all of this weight. Cause every damn time I see you go live on Instagram, yo ass at the blender and
1: in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey man, it, my kitchen is big. It's like, I think it's bigger than I thought it was, because I can't get past it. I can't get past it. coming or going. I can't get past it, 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 it and it—it it, looks like something is always in there. Do you know? Do you know this, Roland? You know, fans are complaining. They—they they say that the fans are running out of patience because sport, the sports, um, some of these sports leagues haven't canceled games yet. I'm saying this—it's it's a weird thing to me. You still holding on the tickets? It's a wrap, people. Ain't no more games. Ain't no game. If they ain't, ain't nobody having no game, man. It's gone, packing it in. It's like, those, those people who holding them tickets are like, bro, you ever seen somebody, you, you pull up to a place that you thought was open, and it's closed. And it's closed, you it got, bo- it, it got, it say closed on there. It's boarded up, but you still get out. Still get out of the car and look in the window. now I know they, I know they ain't, I know there's somebody in there. <laughs> it's closed, it's closed, man. Benneken's been closed. It's gone. It's a wrap. Go home. I'm doing. my go right up to that window, I know. I know they got something open in there. No, they don't. They closed. Now, I got to ask you this here.
5: Because nobody can work, you don't have concerts, you don't have comedy clubs open, you don't have any gatherings, we are seeing a whole lot more of celebrities going live at all hours of the night, uh, who in particular is really getting on your nerves with their Instagram lives?
1: Oh man, um, I'm really tired of Dean Ice right now. I'm tired of Dean Ice. Is that <laughs> Dean Ice? Because can't nobody <laughs> else on, get no other about people. Dean Ice? Really? Can't nobody else get no other people rolling? I got a comedy show tonight that starting in about thirty-five minutes. I can't get nobody, cause Dean Ice always go on right at the time I'm jumping on. It's like, hey man, As people be in my thing, somebody you know Dean Ice on. First of all, this is a comedy show. This ain't got nothing to do with no Dean Ice. <laughs> Dean Ice, uh, who, else, who else I'm tired of? Um, it's some people I'm tired of that you may not even know. Um, people just on there just, first of all, this is what, no, this is what I'm tired of, Roland. This, is okay, I'm finna say it. I know I'm gonna get in trouble, but this is what I'm tired of, Roland. I'm tired of people being on instagram live and you ain't got number two people on there listening to you first of all it should be some sort of oh, rule come on it's it should be some Hold sort of rule if you uh, own d- for uh, 10 ali, minutes ali if there's two people on your instagram live that's called facetime you might well facetime the people if saying you can do a you can do a group facetime too with them people if saying you holding up data or data whatever however you pronounce it you're holding up space you know what I'm saying I can't get on because you're on there talking to four people about um your culinary aspirations. Man, go on, sit down somewhere. I think it should be a rule if you're on for ten minutes and you don't have more than twenty people, they they, they ought to shut you off. And I would be I would be the I would be the one sitting there with the police. I'm like, hold on, let me see. Um, Jonathan, has been on for twenty minutes, three people, cut him off. Um, okay, Roland. <laughs> Roland's been on Roland's been on for 35 minutes, 106 people. Okay, keep him going. Um, oh no. Kim. Kim is naked and she has three people. Cut off. I'm like, I don't really understand it. I don't I just don't I don't understand it, man. And let me see what else going on this on this Instagram live. Um, people people raw. People rock. Did you hear about Labusi? Labusi. I don't even think his account back oh, up yet. Lucy? Boosie, uh, Tony, uh, what's the boy's
5: name? Um, uh, hey, hold up. Uh t- Uh, uh, Trey, t- uh, uh,
1: Trey from Houston. Trey, Trey from Trey? Houston. His Tory ID lives in Lil Raw. Tory Lane. Um, <laughs> Lil Boosie. I'm talking about... You just... I'm talking about them boys on there going live. You like... And, and, and it's... Are they, are they sending money? I don't know if they sending money. Are they... Are these women just... With the aspirations that they gonna get virtual money, like, I can do that. If you think you are gonna get virtual money, come on over here. We up to thirty thousand virtual dollars. Like <laughs> I, I send some money. This is crazy. <laughs> women out here. No, women
5: out no. Trey, tr- is actually cash apping uh, the women who
1: come on. Ooh, hoo, hoo, hoo. See, see that now, now. Now look, rolling now. I know it. I know this ain't supposed to be a part of the demographics, but see, that's how. People start to learn virtual virtual pimping. See, I get me a little ring of girls and get their little Instagram, and I and I'll be on. I'll be right on there. Hey, going on there? I'm saying. And as soon as he cash app it won't even be their cash app. It'll be my cash app. You put my cash app up. I'm Tina Jackson. You know what I'm saying I had I had seven of myself out there working the virtual stroll for me. <laughs> I'm a hustler. I start thinking like that.
5: <laughs> like that. Now now you met now you met your D nice, you mentioned D nice. So I did this a couple of weeks ago. I love music. Everybody know I love music. Yes, sir. Uh, and you know, and D nice my man. We go back he's my boy, love him to death. But you from Houston, I from Houston. That's that's the Gulf. That's that that, that that's 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 dirty South. Um I mean you name it, Atlanta ain't dirty south. No Houston ain't. Louisiana, Mississippi, I mean, that whole Gulf Coast. So last night, and I don't even drink, Ali, uh, we did Club Brown Liquor. Uh oh. Uh oh. And that is Club Brown Liquor. That's, and it's the songs that you got to play where, first of all, if you ain't never
1: heard of a setup, <laughs> we got a problem. <laughs> what are you from that you ain't heard of a setup? That's Cup Ice. In, in and in whatever chasing you want, I bring you a setup: Sprite, orange juice, cranberry. You know what I'm saying that's a, that's a setup. A setup. First of all, y'all is a what? See,
5: for all y'all who don't know what a setup is, a setup is when you bring your own alcohol to a joint. Only sell setups. I got everything. It's else. a I got white your Sprite, bucket of ice. Your Coke. It's a what? Got your well, first of all. You got your cherries. Your lemons, yep.
1: your limes, your toothpicks. That's yep. your setup. I got your ice. I got your orange juice, cranberry juice, and Sprite. And Coke. That's a—that's right. B-Y-O-B, baby. And see, the thing
5: is, Ollie, again, being from Houston, we hear all... It's Zodico, it's blues, it's soul, it's all of that. Uh, and it, it's the people who love Marvin Cease. And Clarence Carter. Uh, and Lattimore. Those, I mean that's, that's Juke Joint Lounge,
1: that that's Joe Tex, Joe Simon. Yeah.
5: I mean, yeah. that's what I'm talking
1: about. I'm talking about what everybody got a razor blade. Everybody got a knife or a razor blade somewhere <laughs> on their person. Just just in case something get out of hand. My uncle used to have a, a Derringer in his boot. You know what I'm saying? Just just in case something jump off in the setup. Uh, when, when you when you at a BYOB, somebody dressed alike. See, and that's that's how you get into it. The, the man and the woman dressed alike. You know you ain't supposed to talk to nobody trying to talk to nobody a woman who dressed just like them. If you see somebody in red, you got to look around and see it's another red outfit in there with a hat, with a hat on, and that's his lady. You got to leave that alone.
5: Now, when we talk about uh, brown liquor music, even when you have house parties, uh... When you were when you are a kid, your you are the runner. Your job is to uh, oh, yeah. keep everybody but, topped off. That way, you don't interrupt the spades, bid, whist, or domino
1: games. Uh, hey, you that's what you first started smoking, right? I go deeper than that. Yeah, I used to be. That, that was my job, right there. They playing cards. My job is to bring ice, Crown roll, N.J. Weller's. You know what I'm saying, and um, light cigarettes. You know what I'm saying? My aunt and them smoked Vincent Heads and Menthols in the box. You know, I used to have to go light the cigarettes. You know, when you light a cigarette back, I don't know what it was but back in the early 70s, people who smoked, they didn't own matches or lighters. So you had to light all the cigarettes on the stove. You know, you light a cigarette on the stove, you got you got to roll it a little bit. <laughs> then you got to pull to make sure that it's, that it's even. You know what I'm saying? Now, after you, you six years old and you didn't lit three cigarettes. Now you really in the kitchen smoking. You, it's stressful, boy. You just run a cigarette. You just run a cigarette. <laughs> and, and Ch- and Ch- oh, Brown man.
5: Ollie, it has been fun having you on the show. Hey, tell everybody about your CD. I did the intro for it.
1: Uh, tell oh, them where they can get it. Also, give your cash app. The prison The prison manual. The prison manual, he he did the, the intro for it, rolling was amazing on there. You can get it on all everywhere you can download something. Title, Spotify, iMusic, Apple Music, Um, uh, Google Music. Uh, way you can download, you can get my album. You know, and I have six of them. So you can get that. My Cash App is um Speak Ali Sadiq. Hey, thank y'all for having me. I'm finna go over to my page right now and do the Corona Comedy Club tonight, George Wallace. Pierre
5: and Malik S. All right, y'all. So again, speak, uh, Cash App, speak Ali Sadiq. You got to spell Sadiq because you can, don't, don't just leave it to chance, oh, yeah. man. They're going to send the money to somebody
1: else. I, Sadiq is S I D D I Q. So that's speak, A L I S I D D I Q. Because, you know, folks, we'll send that little change to
5: somebody else. <laughs> Ali Sadiq, my man. I appreciate it, bro. Thanks a lot. Black Power. Thanks a bunch. All right, y'all. And again, at midnight tonight, midnight eastern, Tamika Mallory, uh, she hit me, she said, yo, you gotta do club brown liquor again. So at midnight, we're gonna live stream on Instagram live, and I'm trying to work it out to where we can stream it, uh, just like we do the show right here on Facebook, Periscope, YouTube, Twitch, and IG Live. I just wanna make sure the technical stuff right because my name is not Teddy Riley. Okay, all right, y'all. Uh, uh, here are the people uh, who uh, have joined us in the last 48 hours, our Bring the Funk fan club. I told y'all, everybody who gave $50 or more, I was gonna give a personal shout out. So let's go. Uh, Eddie McCaskill, Angela's, Angela Renee's Home Car, home car LLC, which should be Home Care LLC. Anissa Perkins, Anthony, Anthony Means, Bernice P. Harris, Beverly Sanders, Brandon Hawkins, Bridget Harrington, Kathy's Avon Corner, Candace Hill, Craig Wilson, David Coleman, Deborah Orr, Deborah Riles, Derek Edwards, Ellis Lopez, Travel Partners, LLC, Frank Jones, Georgia Brown, my frat Gerald Albright, Gregory Luma, Imani Nickens, Jacqueline Milton, Jeanette Brown, Jerry Mangum, Joyce Nichols, Jonathan Neal, Josephine Winfrey, Joshua Roberson, Karen Towns Vice Chair of the NAACP thanks Karen uh Katricia Nolan Kalia Williams Law Intake Corporation uh Lori Pace Johnston Lucretia Holden Mark Marguerite Eccles, Michael Bankston Michael Harper Mignon Clyburn Congressman Jim Clyburn's daughter appreciate it MTF XS8 I don't know uh Nikki Harris Parents, Coaching Parents Network, Patrick McGee, Patriots for Families, Peters, Full Stack Applications, Progress for All, Ralph Craig, R- Ralphus, R.C. Carter, Reg Hammond, Reginald Fields, Ruby Ferguson, Sharonda P. Cone, Sula, Terrell Cunning- uh, Currington, Terry Jackson, Tiffany, Timothy Hopkins, Tracy Mayo, Victor Mitchell, and Vivian Burns. All right, y'all, if you want to join our Bring the Funk fan club, all you got to do is cash app us. You see it right there right there cash app dollar sign rm unfiltered paypal is paypal.me forward slash r martin unfiltered you should see it right there if you want to use a credit card simply go to our uh website unfiltered.com. you can use square if you want to mail us hit us at new vision media N U vision media inc uh should be a graphic up if y'all don't have it gotta get that graphic have it for monday one three two seven west washington boulevard suite one zero two b There we go. Chicago, Illinois 60607. Uh, That's where you can actually make it payable to New Vision Media. Here's the deal, y'all. Your dollars make it possible for us to do this show, for us to be able to have the guests we do, the panelists that we do, for us to do this show live five days a week. Uh, And so we want you to support what we do. We've got to have a place where we have our black experts, Dr. Ebony Hilton. Dr. Ebony Hilton is off the chain. Uh, It's people like her. Uh, The other guests we had today, Congresswoman Alma Adams. Uh, We, of course, we had uh, Jocelyn on for Citizens for American Pride y'all. you Let me just be real clear. You are not going to see that many black experts talking coronavirus on a cable network for the whole week. We have more black experts in one day. They have in a whole week, some of them in a whole month. That's why this show matters so we appreciate all that you do. You can also go to rollermarketonthefilter.com and you can get access to uh, our gear that we also sell as well. Uh, and don't forget, folks, uh, again, you can join us. If y'all are watching on YouTube, you can also give there as well. Uh, and so, again, we need your support. Our goal by the end of the year is to get 20,000 of our fans who are giving annually for 50 bucks or more. Those of you, though, who have given less than 50, every dollar counts. And so I've gotten seen donations uh, as high as uh, th- five. i've seen donations as low as a buck five bucks 10 25 it don't matter we appreciate every dollar we appreciate every single one of our fans and so at the end of the show every friday we roll the video of all of our donors all of our donors to roll the mark unfiltered and so what i want i want i want to be able to announce 200 more on monday i want to announce at least 200 more at 50 bucks or more and again this is all about giving us an opportunity to stay unfiltered independent, not corporate owned, and for us to give you the kind of news and information. Yo, that discussion yesterday, Black Women's Roundtable, 90 minutes, of sisters talking about the power of the black vote. Last week, what we did with the largest community for civil rights under law, talking about the power of our vote, Senator Cory Booker, Rashad Robinson, Brittany Packnett, Hill Harper, uh, that's the kind of stuff. Stuart speakers, we had Susan Taylor, Michael Eric Dyson. Uh, folks, there is no other black digital platform doing anything like this. Nobody. Take your time and think about it. Nobody. That's why we matter. So please support us. So I would love to n- mention 200 of you on Monday who should join our Brain the Funk fan club. Again, go to rollermarkunfiltered.com. All right, folks. I gotta go. Don't forget, midnight. We're gonna have some fun. It's just gonna be all about fun. Y'all, I ain't trying to be the DJ. I just love music. And so we're gonna have a little fun with Club Brown Liquor. Even D-Nice and Lonnie Love was with us last night. So check us out at midnight. All right, y'all. I got to go. I'll see y'all on Monday. Oh, hold up, don't forget, well, Sunday special, I'm gonna be broadcasting with uh, Congresswoman Joyce Beatty. We're gonna be doing an hour special, encouraging the a a Zoom discussion uh, Sunday from 5 to 6, or 5 to 6.30, encouraging folks to vote in Ohio. The primary is on Tuesday. And so Shirley Murdoch is gonna be with us, Congresswoman Joyce Beatty, hopefully my man John Legend is gonna be with us. And so that's gonna be on Sunday, again, Something else we do, y'all know how we do it. Okay, now I gotta go. Roll those names. Holla!
1: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
2: is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA.
3: He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. (laughs)
4: Zumo Play.